You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Joe Taranto and joining me is Joanna Johnson, Sustainable Projects Lead for Logan Water at Logan City Council, and Mark Thomas, Design Manager with Downer Utilities and the Design Lead on the Logan Water Partnership. And today we're discussing achieving a circular economy through Australia's first biosolids gasification facility in Logan City. Welcome, guys. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Both of you have been involved in the Logan Water Partnership, but Joe, can you tell us a bit about how the Logan Home Wastewater Treatment Plant project started? Sure. Um, so a couple of years ago, we did a um, project looking at different um, ways of dealing with our biosolids, um, which is a significant um, cost to Logan City Council. Um, one of the uh, opportunities that arose from this particular project was looking at gasification. And part of that was the ability to apply for um, federal funding from ARENA, which is the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. Um, of that, we were successful in getting um, a grant for this particular project um, for $6.2 million of the overall cost of the project. Um, the reason biosolids management is um, such a big issue uh, for the wastewater treatment plant is that we have things like rising costs in electricity, fuel, um, just our operating costs and haulage costs are, are significant. Um, and of that, we're transporting our biosolids from Logan to the Darling Downs as part of a contract, which is about 300 kilometres um, away. So there's a significant cost and gasification actually reduces our volume or will reduce our volume by about 90%, um, meaning that it would be a great um, outcome for Logan um, to go down the gasification path um, just on a cost-benefit um, association, but also um, our greenhouse gas emissions are, are reduced. Um, and that's also partly to do with the fact that we have a really um, great product at the end of gasification called biochar um, compared to the biosolids that are significant amount of, um, of water, basically. Um, and, so, and yeah, so we're quite excited about the project. So tell us about how biochar is developed. So biochar is the end product of um, going through the gasification unit. So the gasifier is a half that's about, um, go ranges to about 650 degrees. And it basically sequesters the carbon, um, which biosolids have, have quite a significant amount of carbon in them. Um, and that means that um, it's a stable carbon-rich form of charcoal um, that can be applied to to land um, or be used as a fertilizer. It also has really high water holding capacity and um, has really high nutrients. So even though you're sequestering carbon, you still have the phosphorus and nitrogen uh, available. Mark, Joe's talked about a few of the positive outcomes that a wastewater treatment plant that use this technology would have. What are some of the things that you were excited by about this project? Traditional ways of, um, I guess, dewatering and disposing of biosolids at treatment plants, um, traditionally in Australia is through belt presses or centrifuges. Uh, and in this case, at, at Logan Home Wastewater Treatment Plant, which is the site we're looking at, it's uh, belt presses, which gets to about 13 to 14% dry solids. I guess, moving through and, and providing a, a biochar, which, which make it 90% uh, dry solids. So there's there's a number of technologies that get there, but that 
being able to reduce the water content and actually coming up with a, a more user friendly um, and kind of almost commercially, um, we think it will be commercially uh, usable and potentially sellable to, to the markets. Um, and so it, it gives us a lot more um, uh, saving on, on operation and maintenance costs and, and potential uh, get some income from, from that um, end product as well. And so data and measurement of the impact is obviously really important and you're in a a proof of performance trial at the moment. Can you tell us a bit about that? We have actually started the trial. Uh, Unfortunately, we've been a little bit impacted with COVID-19, but we we have commenced trials and we've got some initial results, which is um, showing some some positive feedback. So the main things that we're trying to get out of the, the demonstration plans is obviously we want to check the reliability and it, it, it performs adequately. We're looking at air emissions as well. And I'll probably pass to Joe at some point in a minute to talk about some of those. Uh, we're looking at the biochar itself and, and, and the quality of that biochar and making sure that um, we're destroying all of the, the, the pops. Uh, we also have to look at the heat balance. So as Joe mentioned previously, we're looking for a, a heat energy neutral process. So um, what we have to do in, as part of this uh, demonstration plant is actually measure the heat produced um, and, and ensure that it's going to be uh, enough or sufficient to, to power our dryers, which are going to be used in the, the main plant um, that we will need. And we're also looking at the, um, the costs and, and you know, how much power and, and other chemicals and consumables that uh, it needs to make sure it's, it's going to be a, a viable um, system as if, if we roll it out into the main plant. Joe, did you want to expand on some of those other measurements as well? So in Queensland, we've got the new interface code uh, for biosolids that came in, in, um, uh, in 2019. And in that, there's um, POPs are mentioned. And, and POPs are your chemicals that are toxic, non-biodegradable, and accumulate in the food chain. So they're not the nicest of things um, and part of those are your PFASs um, which is your pipular alkyl substances and your nanoplastics and microplastics. Now biosolids have PFAS um, and they're known to have micro nanoplastics and, and that can go into your food chain so it was a, a big concern um, that um, our biosolids could, could have this sort of stuff. Um, now the Proof of performance is really looking at your recovering of your energy from waste and your destruction of your POPs like micro nanoplastics and your PFAS um, and then the compliance to our interlace code. Um, and so we are importing biosolids because um, our biosolids aren't dry enough and um, as part of the trial. So we're getting biosolids that are around 90% dry and um, processing them in the gasification plant. So... There was uh, the trials at the moment are, are showing very um, interesting and, and, and positive results of um, destruction of your PFASs, and we're able to at the moment track where um, that goes in the system. So it's um, made volatile in, in the gasification half, um, which is at 650 degrees, and then these gases go to an oxidizer that's heated to 850 degrees um, for over two seconds of retention time. Um, and that's where it's destroyed and, and we're getting really positive results in our air emissions analysis and um, yeah it's looking like a, um, a win-win scenario. So given the encouraging results what's the next steps? We've actually looked at the 
concept design of of the uh, permanent plant, and we're we're actually developing that design and um, going through um, you know, the designs and, and and costings of that, and and coming up with, if you like, a capital cost and. And based on the results that we get from the demonstration plant, um, obviously that will impact on on whether the the next phase goes ahead. But uh, you know, we're we're hopeful that it uh, will be positive results. And obviously we're not just looking at capital costs, but the um, operating and maintenance costs, uh, NPV calculations, so that we can work out if it's a it's a viable to to go into that um, into the permanent plant. Um, we're hoping to get results in the next um, couple of months and. Uh, after those results come through, uh, we'll be in a position to to um, put the project forward to to get approval, and then then hopefully um, start on the um, the uh, implementation and construction of, of the permanent plant, which would probably be towards the end of uh, end of this year. And do you think this project has implications for other organisations or partnerships, Joe? Definitely. Um, the reason why. Um, this project so great I, I think it's because um, that we're retrofitting this um, gasification unit onto an 80s plant um, wastewater treatment plant so it's showing that it um, can be applicable for many of the other wastewater treatment plants that are going to have the same sort of issues um, and also um, I, I suppose it's the sustainable outcomes that, that, that we're getting from from the, the treatment process we're looking at um, having a biochar that is a usable product it's um, and quite um, a lot less so operationally it's great but also beneficial for the, um, the end product um, but it also reduces our carbon footprint and um, that's uh, um, a massive um, benefit to, the, to this particular project because I mean we're reducing our carbon footprint by 133,000 tonnes of carbon emissions um, because of the slight mineralisation factor so because we're sequestering the carbon in, in, a, in a biochar form um, so all around those um, um, awesome outcomes I suppose um, show that this technology um, would be great for other wastewater treatment plants but also can be applied to lots of other different areas. There has been a lot of interest from other uh, similar authorities uh, both in southeast Queensland but, but actually around Australia as well um, so I think uh, this this is a, a shared um, issue of, of how to um, uh, dewater and, and if you like dispose of uh, biosolids and, and, and hopefully reuse so uh, yes yeah, so I, th I think there is a lot of interest out in the uh, community. What advice would you therefore have Mark for other partnerships or organisations looking to embark on a similar project? Yeah, I think you really have to look at um, at, at your current performance and and the costs and and um, performance of, of your plant to, to to look at at where you are and, and establish kind of if you like your baseline and uh, really understand um, those 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 things so that when you, when you're looking at um, how to get to a biochar because it, it's it's a few different processes to get there. As Joe mentioned, you need to get to an 85 to 90 percent dry solids, so that that uh, does involve quite a bit of technology and process to get there. So you're looking at centrifuges, dryers to get it to that 85, 90 percent, even before you get to the the gasification phase. So um, you know there is a bit of engineering uh, and and costs associated with that. So I think you really need to uh, to have a look at the um, 
at your current costs and, and set up and and then look at look at the potential savings you can get. So you, you need a pretty good understanding of, of your costs and, and cost model with your uh, uh, operating costs as well as capital cost uh, implications for for trying to implement a project such as this. And for any local councils, Joe, any advice? There has been a lot of interest from local councils about this particular project and, and they're all waiting to see um, what we're doing for the results. But I think the fact that it's um, such a sustainable and um, environmentally friendly and, and putting that value on the environment um, shows that it's a, a great project and, and worthwhile um, implementing in, in their wastewater treatment plants. I've been speaking with Joanna Johnson, Sustainable Projects Lead for Logan Water at Logan City Council, and Mark Thomas, Design Manager with Downey Utilities and the Design Lead on the Logan Water Partnership. Thank you both for your time today. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.